or I appreciate students that are willing to take risk. Like if I come in and I introduce a concept and it and it's out of their like comfort zone, <laughs> I I really enjoy people that go, you know what? I'll try that. Like I'll entertain yeah. that. And I have no problem with people that go, well, what's the, you know, and I, I want to explain why and how, mm -hmm. you know, I totally, I don't want any stone left unturned, but mm -hmm. I, and I'm willing, I absolutely want my people to really understand what, what, why, who, what, why, like, why are we doing this? Right. You know, how, how do we do it? I want it broken down real simply, but I, I like people that are open-minded and willing to take risks. Welcome to Dressage Life with JJ Tate. Do you love dressage? Are you looking to inspire your ride? Do you long to learn secrets of truly great riders? Yes? Then you're in the right place. Join classically trained, internationally competitive dressage rider JJ Tate as she brings inspired conversations, in-depth discussions, and a healthy dose of humor to the world of dressage. Join JJ and her new generation of classical riders in this adventure called dressage life. In this episode, JJ sits down with Olympic dressage rider Allie Brock for an off-the-cuff interview that was originally featured in JJ's online community, Team Tate TV, a private Facebook group of inspired and supportive dressage lovers just like you. If you're on Facebook, we welcome you to join the conversation there. You'll find the date for the original recording in the show notes. And now, here's JJ. Oh, we're live. Okay, hey! Really glad everybody's here. I don't know who's actually going to watch because, again, this is like off the cuff. And, uh, you know, I wrangled Allie. We had an awesome day today with the horses. Everything from groundwork with the four-year-old to Grand Prix horses. It was a awesome day. And we're so delighted she is here. And thank you guys all for all the great questions um, so we've even got, oh, there's Catherine. Hey, I heard Raina's going really great. We're really happy for you. <laughs> so I'm going to turn the camera around. We are, we are social distancing. So you got to speak up because okay. everyone's always like, can't hear, can't hear. Okay. Sorry. So, um, okay. So I got a couple of questions. I mean, first, why don't you just like, tell us about you, who you are, what you're doing. Um, Allie Brock, uh, at the, Right now, I'm mostly coaching and teaching and am involved with quite a few students and everything from adult amateurs to international riders and horses. Excellent. And when did you, like, tell us a little bit about where you've trained. I feel like your education is just so deep and thorough. And I think that's what's one of the things that's really made you really successful and really sought after as a coach and such an excellent rider is your deep um, education. So can you tell me a little bit about how that went? Yeah. I, I mean, I started riding as a seven-year-old kid in Hawaii and I'm to this day, I'm eternally grateful for that because um, I rode dressage. I have very, very good instructors who I'm still friends with. I'm also still friends with my first riding instructor, period. I rode Western. I jumped. I exercised polo ponies. Um, I did tons of trail riding. And I think I, I got a very well-rounded education as a horseman. 
And I was also at that point too, first introduced to natural horsemanship stuff when I was a teenager. So I feel very blessed that way. And then I left Hawaii. I was six months in Arizona. I worked for uh, Coulter Baisa Slocum, who he's unfortunately passed away, but he had a bunch of young horses. So we were doing a lot of mm -hmm. young horse breaking and all that stuff and sales. And I went to Stonegate Manor and I worked in Texas for Jim Eldridge, who has also sadly passed away two mm -hmm. years ago. Um, and he had worked for Robert Dober and David DeWisplayer and uh, Gretchen Verbonic. Mm -hmm. And um, I got a great education with him. Like the, I was with him for a year and a half. And I did everything from the breaking in at Stonegate to I had like two FBI horses a day to ride. So for an 18-year-old kid, that was a pretty yeah. big deal. And then from there, I, I moved to Kansas City, and I ended up in Florida. I did do Young Riders, which was, that's a whole other story. <laughs> that's right. That's another, that's topic. another topic when we talk about Young Riders and all our great yes. and not-so-great experiences. Yes. Fourth to last. Oh, me too. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the biggest thing is that I ended up getting a, a, a working student position with Sue Blinks. And Sue, as you should know, was she went to the WEG in 1997. She was on the bronze medal Olympic team in Sydney. And she was on the silver medal WEG team in Jerez with Flim Flam. So I went to work for Sue with my five-year-old half saddlebred, half Hanoverian gelding that a, a very good client bought for me for $5,000. So I'd have something to take with me. And I, I was with Sue for three years and I was with her in that WEG tour. So I was living at Calls Balkan Holes and, um, which was amazing. I met Debbie McDonald for the first time, Lisa Wilcox, Gunther Seidel and George Williams. Like we were all Stoonie page. We were all stationed there living together. Yeah. So it was quite a Christine Traurig. They were, Lisa and Christine were elsewhere, but it was it was my first introduction to a lot of these really major, great riders and trainers in the U.S., mm -hmm. you know, broad. Um, and then plus being at Klaus's was amazing. So, but I was with Sue for three years, and she gave me, I think, an extremely good education on basics. She's like what I'd call the queen of throughness and connection. So she absolutely believes in suppling horses and riding them out to the bit, um, she still calls me in to ride her horses now to this day, which is a, I think quite an honor and I get on them and I still think they're some of the best trained horses I've ever sat on. Mm -hmm. They're just, there's no holes. Her training is absolutely thorough. And, um, and she was really generous about, um, taking the time with me to, to she, she didn't let me get away with anything. And she also taught me how to long line and, um, she gave me tons of opportunity to ride. And I, I, to this day, you know, she and I are still close and I still come in and do some stuff for her. And I pull her in to help my people as well. Mm -hmm. So we still have a very, very good relationship that way. And then from Sue, I ended up, um, <clears throat> uh, I did ride with Jane Savoy for a little bit. And Jane's amazing. I mean, she articulates and communicates with the best of the best. And that was um that season after Sue moved to California was great. And I admire her and I look up to her mm -hmm. and I kind of consider her like I would call her up and um, I haven't spoken to her in a while, but she's one of those people when I see her, it's like we never lost time. Mm -hmm. So I 
I love Jane. But I I went to year well I went to California and Robesu also for a while again for like seven months. Mm-hmm. But then I went to Europe for the first time and I rode with Jan Brink in two thousand and eight for eight months and that was a real real eye opening education for me. He's incredibly systematic. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of things I do today that it's purely what I learned at Jan's. Yeah. I also think that I learned. Uh, he's very he's very technical, and I think I learned a lot of showcraft from being mm-hmm. around him. And also, he runs a tight ship of a business. You know, he had a breeding stallion operation. Yeah. Um, I was handling the stallions there. I got to do quite a bit of riding. I mean, it was it was really amazing for mm-hmm. me to be there. And I went back to him again the next year for two and a half months, and that's when I took. Roosevelt home with me mm-hmm. to the U.S. Um, so that was a major part of my education. And then I started riding with Michael in 2010 when I got back from uh, Sweden the second mm-hmm. time. And Michael has, uh, you know, been part of my life through, I mean, he's still part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I still quote him often. <laughs> um, and then I went back to Europe and... In 2011, I was with Kira Kirkland and her husband, Richard White, for a year and a half, which honestly was pretty life-changing. For yeah. Me. And I, to this day, I'm a thousand percent sure I would never have gone to the Olympics if I hadn't gone and spent the time with them yeah. and really gotten things pulled apart. And um, I admire them so much as horse trainers. Um, I think of them as artists, mm-hmm. uh, and I admire them as people as as human beings Mm -hmm. there's just there's a lot of um quality and character and stuff that i just i really look up to both of them Mm -hmm. um so that was a huge part of my education and then plus i was lucky enough i've written off and on with debbie over the years as part of the developing program and then of course robert was our team coach so i feel like i've had a lot of great great people in my that have influenced me um and i'm sure i'm missing others i pull (laughs) i see i try to take everyone's best ideas and make them my own so Mm -hmm. i pull from lots of people and lots of 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 different places and like you went to the olympics which was like totally amazing and now you're in more of a supportive coaching and like you're really popular because of all this wonderful education that you have so tell us a little bit about how your uh life has changed being more of a coach and what's happening with the horses that you know you've had and well i think i i had some tragedy happen to me after rio with horses and i had I mean, I've had three horses die that, and two of the three were completely not, you know, anything I could have controlled. One of them foundered off of a joint injection, which Mm -hmm. that was the first time in my career, anything of that, the same with my vet. And that was beyond traumatic. That was, for me, it was devastating. But um, I had a bunch of stuff happen, and I, I also... Um, met my now fiance who has, she just turned 10, a daughter. And my life was 
shifting. I knew I'm really one of those all or nothing people. So if I was going to be continuing on to develop horses, I'm all in and I do nothing else. Like I am that committed and I just couldn't figure out how I was going to split my time with my sponsors and, and this and that. I couldn't figure out how to do all of it. So it, it, things sort of evolved in this direction and Mm -hmm. I love teaching and I love coaching and I love educating people. Mm-hmm. So in a way, though I'm not actively personally developing horses right mm-hmm. now, I feel like I'm involved with a lot of development of a lot more horses mm-hmm. and riders. And I really enjoy that. Yeah. And I really, um, I find it, it gives me tremendous joy to help others um i know the struggle is real i know how hard <laughs> it is to try these horses and i know how discouraging it can be at times and if there's i i'm really enjoying being in this position where i can give of myself to everyone whereas i feel like when i'm training my own horses like if i you know, I didn't teach as much. I yeah. was very much cloistered and just focused on yeah. that. And you kind of, it's hard to do everything. It right. just is. And I just know myself. Like I, I admire people that have, you know, a life and a business and compete internationally. And I'm like, I don't know how you do that. Cause I yeah. can't, Yeah, I can't. So <laughs> right now this is really working for me. And I will say I, I you know, as a competitor, I will tell you, and from a coaching position, that I was way less nervous to go down center line and bang some stuff out and ride a test than I am now standing on the sidelines watching everyone else do it. That is, it is hard. Just, oh, it's so hard because I have no control. I was going to say, for all of us control freaks yes. out there, it's way better to be in the well, tech. And at least, you know, if you mess the pirouette up, you know, I mean, it's your fault. Right. But, you know, as a coach, you're like, <gasps> oh, God. Uh, yeah. <gasps> Oh, okay, that went okay. But you can't do anything about it. So, yeah. you know, and I, the big thing for me is to be supportive and and uh, honest. Yeah. But constructive. Right. So, you know, we'll fix it. We'll fix it. Yeah, we'll, fi- we'll figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out. It'll be better next time. Well, like I, Jennifer Hoffman had a great question about, you know, what would you say is your signature focus? Like if you were to pick one thing, like we always talk about Stefan is all about like suppleness, you know? Yeah. And so like, what would you say is your signature thing that's kind of the center point of your training program? Right now, I would say it's about balance. Mm-hmm. And when I talk about balance, I'm not talking about vague longitudinal and horizontal balance i'm talking about real collection and balance in the horse's body Mm -hmm. and knowing where the feet are and knowing where the horse has to be to execute the movement properly like that's become in the last few years for me kind of an obsession point Mm -hmm. and so things that i am really obsessed with canter pirouettes Mm -hmm. that's like a theme for me you know and um corners or a thing, how you execute a half pass properly, mm-hmm. you can do it. If you know how to keep the horse short in its body and long in the neck and, and carrying yeah. itself, you can get so much out of these horses. And yeah. so that's for me, I think my 
kind of obsession right now. So yeah. I don't know if I, that would be my mark point, but that's, if you come in and hear me teach, that's what I'm going to talk a lot about. Mm -hmm. Where is that horse's balance? Like, are they on their, over their feet, feet properly? Mm -hmm. And are they carrying their wither and their sternum? Are they carrying, are they bloomed out to the bit properly? Mm -hmm. You know, are you holding that thing's head in? You know, what's it doing? You know, yeah. is it doing the work or are you doing the work? So, and I think if you have a really top balance point, I think it's easy to put expression on it. Yeah. I think it's very, and it's always everyone's walking that line. Well, expression and then balance. I'm way more inclined to balance it and then say, now get your legs out and yeah. figure it out from this point. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Great. And what attributes would you say make a good student? Hmm. Like, what do you look for in your students? I look for people that, um, or I appreciate students that are willing to take risk. Like, if I come in and I introduce a concept and it and it's out of their like comfort zone, <laughs> I I really enjoy people that go, you know what? I'll try that. Like, I'll entertain yeah. that. And I have no problem with people that go, well, what's the, you know, and I, I want to explain why and how, mm -hmm. you know, I totally, I don't want any stone left unturned, but mm -hmm. I, and I'm willing, I absolutely want my people to really understand what, what, why, who, what, why, like, why are we doing this? Right. You know, how, how do we do it? I want it broken down real simply. But I, I like people that are open-minded and willing to take risks. And um, and I think it's hard. I, like, I had to learn how to be a good student. I, I was I used to, and I probably still would to this day, except that I'm 40 and I'm old and wise and <laughs> it's easier. But, you know, I think it's very hard when you're learning. It's very It can be very frustrating. And I say to people, it's like stumbling through a, a long hallway in the dark in an unfamiliar house searching for a doorknob and you know when you're looking for some of these concepts and feelings that people are talking about and and once you grab it you know and you open the door and you see the light and you're good but that's it can be a very vulnerable and hard place for people mm -hmm. and it was for me and I had to actually learn how to be um, a receptive student it was not easy I took it too personally yeah it took a long time for me to not attach myself to my learning process yeah that's you know, good. Because the learning process can be messy and uh, non-productive for a while. And, and if you don't keep getting up and trying, you won't get anywhere. And if you keep doing the same thing, you're not going to change. So you have to be willing to keep trying to find what your uh, trainers are talking about. And is that what you would say when, you know, one of my students was asking, like, how do you stay motivated, you know, when you're feeling discouraged? Well, I mean, I think riders are like the most stubborn. I mean, we're a real stubborn <laughs> group of people. We, you know, we feel the need to get on 1,200-pound animals and teach them how to put their heads down and do fancy things with their legs. And, you know, and it's really for our, you know, it's for the betterment of the horse, but it's for our own, you know, joy too. I think it's very normal to be discouraged with horses, and I think that's why... Um, you know, I relied on my stubbornness and then I also relied on my peers. So if I was having a bad day or I talked to my friends, I talked to people that are in similar positions. And the, the one thing about, about it is that your friends have either been through something horrible and survived it with horses, 
or they're going through something horrible and survive it with horses, mm -hmm. or they will be going through something because it's nobody escapes it. Mm -hmm. And you're either you either decide you have enough passion to do this or you don't. And if you don't, don't do it. You know, but you have to kind of just keep getting up every day and saying, you know what, I'm going to try again. Yeah, and that's how I got through. Stop. I'm going to try again. Yeah, exactly. Get up to fight another day. Yep. And that, you know, a lot of times those moments of difficulty are the real growing moments anyway. Right. So it's sort of like it feels difficult at the moment, but the breakthrough is worth it. Yeah. And it's time. like right, right there. Usually. And if you don't keep looking for it, you don't break through it and you don't find, you know, what you need to. It's hard. You're welcome, Catherine. <laughs> we actually had another uh, good question from another girl who was wondering that too. And then, um, you know, everybody thinks you wake up and you're amazing in the saddle just because you're you. But if you want to talk a little bit about how you developed into a great rider and what you still do today to keep your body, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, our body is our business and yeah. that's our vehicle to communicate with the horse. So staying healthy is really key. So can you tell a little, you know, about your program for your own success in the saddle? Oh yeah. I, um, I was one of those people that, and I still, I'll just confess, like I don't have an exercise program that's <laughs> legit or I've had to get on an exercise bike for the first time in my life because of the stupid COVID stuff. Um, but the one thing that happened to me, I was probably 33 or 34, so it was a while ago, but I had an incident at Global where I was on Rosie and getting him ready for either an I-2 or a Grand Prix test in the National Rings, and he did nothing but sprung, so he was like porpoising bucking for 30 minutes, and, and I had to scratch my chest. He was just, I couldn't, I couldn't ride him through it. And um, I got off of him, and I was totally crippled. My sacrum had been yeah. taken, like, just moved. And from that, I had it put back in and got the inflammation calmed down. And from that point forward, I have to stretch my hamstrings, and I do it. I don't leave my house without stretching them in my bed. And I don't do a lot. I do like 10, but I make sure that I can lay down and I can take my legs straight. And by the time I'm at 10, I'm like here. Yeah. And then, um, and that's really saved me because I, if I get on a plane or if I get on a horse that is unusually strong, that's not in my program and yeah. I'm trying to school it and I get jerked and attack, I can get popped out really easy. Me too. So that's been something that I, like it's religion for me. Yeah. It's religion for me. Well, and like that self care, not only physically. Yeah. Uh, is huge, but like, what do you do for yourself care mentally? Um, I mean, I, I, I started seeing a sports psychologist in 2010 and I still talk to him to this day, even though I'm not competing. I, I joke all the time and say, I'm going to talk to you till you die. Cause he's in his mid seventies, <laughs> which is really rude. Of me. But you know, it's a, it's a way for me to, I have a very safe space where I can, talk to somebody and talk through things that I'm going through, whether it's in my business life or in my personal life or even just my own anxiety. And, um, I did that. I've done it for 10 years. I, I won't stop. It's a, mm -hmm. for me, it's just a great way to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. It's really worked for me. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then I've spent a lot of time, like I learned a lot about psychology and then I have really great friends. Like I have a great group of peers that I can call and, you know, we have a, I have a great support system. So, and I feel very lucky that way. Mm -hmm. So that I think is the real thing for me, because as you, we all know, we're all going through stuff and yeah. clearly right now we are all going through COVID together. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that's, no one's an island, mm -hmm. you know? So you've got to find people that you trust and, and that you can be vulnerable with and, and, um, I think that's really important. Well, and I think we talked about this a little bit earlier, but also that, you know, being vulnerable, um, you're also an avid reader. Like yeah. we're always, always talking about what we're reading yeah. and like, and we talked about earlier in the lessons today, how we've both always been on a quest for better understanding of things. So yeah. can you tell a little bit about, that within you and yeah. how that's shaped you as a coach and writer? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated with human psychology um, and how to better myself. So mm. I've always read extensively over the years or listened to podcasts or mm -hmm. programs. Like I can remember um, being in England and I had, I had a whole series of Tony Robbins yeah. talks that I listened to, like I'd be out hand grazing my horses, listening to that, like always trying to better myself. And then the other thing too, is like, I, I scour, you know, the internet is a beautiful thing. I scour <laughs> it for training videos and different things. And I like to, I love to watch other people train. I love to see what they have to say. And I, and I just pick you know, what would work for me or, or getting new words or new ways of, mm -hmm. of hearing things. I like to go watch other people teach. Like I, I think that it's important to get new feedback and, and outside feedback to the mm -hmm. point too, where like, I actually really encourage the, the girls that I still am heavily involved with at Kundrans that I bring other people in to teach them. Mm -hmm. And because I think, they can't get everything from me and they need to hear it differently from mm -hmm. other people. And I think it's really healthy. So, um, but I'm always looking and taking, you know, yeah. and, and, um, and I, I really enjoy it. And I would be doing that no matter what, like when I was living abroad in Europe, I might've been wherever I was training, I might've been heavily immersed in that program. And I always was, and I always kept journals of the training. Mm -hmm. there. Like my notebook is, Pretty yay to journaling. Scratch, scratch, <laughs> pretty, pretty interesting. Any clinic I went to, I would write stuff down. Like I just, even to this day, if I hear something, I write something down. So I try to really keep pulling new yeah. information and then I go back to it. So, but I'm curious, like, I just want to learn how to do things better. Yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff I could do better. Naomi Perry is asking, what are your favorite internet training videos? And I'm sure it's from the Team Tate Academy. Yeah. <laughs> just, kidding, just kidding, just <laughs> kidding. Uh, it was a good story about when you were saying you always used to watch one video of Totalus and oh, yeah. Edward before you wrote. I, that really, that, that yeah. affected me. And I, I try to channel my inner yeah. ego. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, ahead of competing, 
because I, I wanted the visual of it because I wanted the visual of Edward on Totalus and the horse up and just yeah. floating around and, and this, the, again, the balance and the carriage of the horse. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to watch primarily the stuff from the wagon Kentucky. Yep. Okay. And that would really, and I would make sure before I went into the Grand Prix, I watched it every time. And that's kind of weird because it's a guy. And normally they say, you know, watch a woman, yep. you know, watch somebody that looks like you or this or that. But that for me was really motivating for me as a, to watch as a rider. Well, such a beautiful, harmonious, incredible yeah. partnership. The other one I love watching is Dorothy Schneider. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love watching her ride. Yep. And I love watching Catherine DeFore. Me too. Like that's a We're big, kind of big fans. Yeah, exactly. I'm kind of a yeah. dork about that. Yeah, I'm a total dork about that. <laughs> I, I just, the kid's amazing. Yeah. I just enjoy, I just enjoy good riding. And, and so, but the training videos, that scour, just scour YouTube. You can find, just type in how to train Piaf or train. You, there's so much information out there. I mean, it's, it's, you pick through it. Do you want to learn how to communicate in a way that your horse can better understand? Visit TeamTateAcademy.com, JJ's online classical dressage academy. Open for enrollment multiple times per year. As a member, you'll gain clarity through the USDF accredited lesson library, monthly Zoom meetings, and twice monthly study groups called the Techroom Chats. Join the community and benefit from connecting with a fun, passionate, and like-minded group of dressage lovers just like you. Be supported and empowered to make the progress you and your horse deserve, regardless of age, level, or background. Be inspired by JJ's commitment to your success, which shines through in every lesson and lecture. Let JJ's belief in you and your horse transfer over to every one of your rides. Visit TeamTateAcademy.com today to join the waitlist for the next open enrollment. One more question. Juliet Kane. What are your favorite training books that you go back to over and over again? Oh, The Principles of Riding. Yes. Um, that one I use still a lot. I would, that's a good question. I have so many. I was going to say there's so really many. Kind of tough. I love Kira Kirkland's book. Um, Oh God, that one I might have to actually submit some sort of list. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, head. I think I, we, it's hard it's to come long. up with it. Yeah, yeah. There's so many. Yeah, how do you pick? Yeah, I, I and I'm sorry that I'm not giving you a better answer right now. But there's we'll come back with a reading, back list with a reading list for everybody today. on Team Tay TV. Yeah, I think there's too many, <laughs> too many good pieces of information there for sure. Well, thank you so much for your time. You're and then we wrangled you into an interview. That was awesome. I Everyone. Yes, exactly. I warned her before she came. Yeah. So I'm going to flip the camera. Thank you, Allie. Bye. So thank you guys so much for joining us here at Team Tate TV. And we're going to go in for dinner and get out of the heat because it was a long, hot day of good horse training. And we hope to see you here again soon. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Dressage Life with JJ Tate. Make sure to tell your friends that they can find us wherever they get their podcasts and be sure to subscribe, like, and leave feedback to help other dressage lovers inspire their ride too. For more information and education from JJ Tate, make sure to visit teamtateacademy.com.